Hello, everybody, and welcome to Maximum Libertarians Podcast. I am Brian, and if you will, please go over to MaximumLibertarian.com. There you will find all of the ways you can help me support this brand, help grow this brand, and all that good stuff. So, what has this week brought us? Well, we ended last week with Joe Biden and so many people being so proud to deliver cluster bombs to Ukraine, a weapon that Russia, United States, and Ukraine have not signed that treaty not to use because of, uh, let's just go over it real quick, The when the cluster bomb goes off, there's a number of bombs that don't detonate and they're called duds and then they're just laying all over the place and then it will injure civilians especially children it says but be it here or there the joe biden administration believes that's a good thing to have us do that to give this weapon of war to them okay so nato has a little get-together. They're trying to bring Ukraine in. You know, that's just an act of war. Because, see, I've always been under the impression that Donald Trump was supposed to be the one who led us to war. Anyone, well, you know, it's not even Donald Trump. It's just anyone other than a Democrat was supposed to lead us to war. But the senile Joe Biden has made sure to double down, to get us closer to war with his incompetence and the voters that voted for him should be ashamed of themselves. Bottom line, this man is leading us into a terrible direction. Now, we can have a discussion about Donald Trump, too, because I didn't vote for that man either, but we can still have a discussion about him, and I would have never voted for him, but... On the surface of just this war, Joe Biden is just walking down this wonderful uh, this wonderful path to World War Three. That, of course, at the media said, "Well, you know, that's what Donald Trump. He's if we get he gets the nomination, he's got the finger on the button, and uh, he's going to lead us to war." So. With the election coming up, let's hear from Morning Joe's Mika Brzezinski, and uh, she'll describe how she's sick and tired of how the mainstream media has to prop this old fool up, and his handlers need to get better at doing it. So, uh... Let's go over to Mika Przinsky telling the mainstream media what they, well, tell, telling his handlers what they should do. So do a better job because you can't have these video images of the president tripping or the president like going the wrong way. It's not going to work in this presidency because his age is going to be a factor. His age is going to be a factor. And it's your job to make sure he gets from one place to another. So Mika should 
take a note from herself and do a better job in exposing this war criminal, Joe Biden, because he's leading us down a dark path with a lot of his stuff. Just talking about the war, it's a dark path. Not talking about his... uh his ideas that he want to do here at home, which he's been implementing, which is going to kill those that he loves, uh, supposedly. The poor and middle class, because, you know, he's blue-collar Joe. Another thing that's happened this week, the Biden administration has decided to order 3,000 reservists to be ready for Europe deployments. Now, the idea, from my understanding and everything that I've heard and read, is that they're going to go over there and train. And they're trying to sell this as if uh, no American soldiers will be in harm's way. We're just training these fine folks in Ukraine. And right now it says President Biden has authorized the military to call up 3,000 reserve troops to support operations in Europe after tens of thousands were sent there last year after Russia's invasion, a top general said. At this time, they're not sure if our you know, wonderful defense secretary, Lloyd Austin, um, who I just want to reiterate, he uh, was the CEO of Raytheon, I believe. They canceled an order. This is while Trump was in office, right before he got out. Uh, then Lloyd Austin becomes a defense secretary. He was Raytheon. And all of a sudden, that order gets reinstated. So, whoo, crisis diverted. Raytheon still got their money. But they're not sure if Lloyd Austin is going to deploy these reservists anytime soon. And... It's the U.S. military training mission in Europe, along with the deployment of several other new brigades after the invasion, has stretched active duty forces. Now, if you look back at past videos that I was talking about, we now have veterans telling their kids and people, don't go into the service. We've got active duty who are saying, don't go into the service. And these guys are hell-bent on making sure that we need people called up, yet the recruiting stations cannot meet the requirements that they set for themselves. The Navy was down by 10,000. I believe it was the Army was down by something like 15,000. Air Force was down. Every one of them was down. But they keep the war machine going. So I don't know what their plan is, honestly. But when you have the vets now coming out saying don't go in. Now, my personal belief is veterans should start speaking up. The active duty guy can't speak. That, that you know They're there. They got to do the job. You've got to be the voice of the voiceless. And when we have garbage like this getting sent down the pipe, we need to uh, be the ones out front saying, no, stop this. If you look at, well, I went in in 2000 to 2006. So I was there for Operation, you know, uh, Iraqi Freedom and Enduring Freedom and all that stuff. 
we're going to just play that everything before 2000 wasn't a lie. But in reality, I have to pretend it wasn't a lie. Vietnam veterans got screwed over. If you look in the way Korea, if you look at World War II, if you look at World War I, everything going back, it's always these top leaders, if you want to call them that, like, and we can use Lindsey Graham or Joe Biden. They gladly will send us to war, but they won't be there. Now, I know Lindsey Graham was an officer, Suppose, you know, I can't say supposedly he was, but he so was John McCain. That motherfucker was a POW, and you think he would want to not go to war, but he kept the war machine going, going to meeting with ISIS, but pretending he was fight, you know, because ISIS was in there with Syria, but hey, who, who am I, right? Uh, but we got to end this war machine, and I think veterans need to be the first ones to be the out, most outspoken, and we've got to also be knowledgeable on what we're talking about. You can't keep sending kids overseas, having having their missing limbs, having their brains scrambled, coming home, and then going, well, go get a job, get an active duty, or you know, just go be part of civilian com- your community. No, their PTSD is going crazy, and... Um, We've got to fix this problem, and it's only up to the veteran and their families. So start speaking out. The cluster bombs, Joe Biden, war crime. Okay, bottom line. Once that first bomb hits, war crime, in my opinion. It's probably already a war crime just sending it over there, but, hey, nothing's happened yet. So if I own a gun and no one gets shot, it can't charge me with shooting somebody. So, but... With the way that you're seeing, the way they were trying to recruit, because the military, sorry to let everyone know this, is a, uh, you know, you've got to be ready to go physically fit, mentally tough. And it sucks sometimes, I get it. And I know we have a whole walk of life in there. That's why I love being in the military, because I've met people from Africa, Ireland, uh, all parts of the United States different races, different religions, and that was really, really cool, but, uh, yeah, let's say, but the way that they're trying to promote it is, you you can't promote it with drag queens, I'm sorry, you're not going to, uh, you're not going to do it, and I know that there's drag queens in the military that I probably served with, and that was fine. But you still got to have, like, no, when you come to work, you got to be in the uniform. If you sign up for it, you know what you're doing. That was like, like now, back in the day when you got violent, uh, uh, when you got drafted and you went, all right, I'm a conscientious observer. Okay, you can sell me on that because you didn't want to go to war. You would have never signed up to go to war. But now this is a all-volunteer armed forces, and you can't come in going, all right, I'm a... This is, I'm a conscientious observer. I don't want to go to war. You know what you're signing up for. You didn't have to sign up. So if, you know, whatever community you're part of, you know what you're signing up for. Sorry to let you know that. You can't really just join and go, well, that's how I feel. Well, that's what I'm going to do. And change the whole system. The system cannot bend 
And because of the way that they're allowing it to go, I think it's some of the reasons why we're having issues in the military itself. But that alone is not the cause of what's not having people go in. It's 20 years of war. It's, um, and then, and then you, you, get, you, you go to Afghanistan. You fight. You might have lost a limb. Got PTSD. You've seen your brothers and sisters die. Get injured. And then 20 years later, they pull out and they go, hey, you remember the guys we were fighting, the Taliban? Well, we're going to work with the good Taliban. What the hell are we doing here? If That enraged me when I saw that. So, on to the next topic, I guess. On to this next topic. What is that? Well, in August... The wonderful BRICS Alliance will be meeting. It's August, I believe, 25th through the 28th in Johannesburg, South Africa. And right now they're floating the idea <clears throat> of having a BRICS currency, which may be backed by gold. And when they do that, what they're going to do is replace the dollar. Now, I understand what you're saying. Is that a bad thing? Yes, it is a bad thing. The world reserve currency of the U.S. dollar, if we were to lose our um, world, world currency status, from my understanding, you're going to take a 25% haircut, everyone, um, in purchasing power. It's going to be harder to get loans. Interest rates are going to go through the roof. And we're not going to be able to back our... <laughs> we're not going to be able to back our debt with our debt, which is asinine to me. And... Uh, but... Robert Kiyosaki said the dollar's not going to die. This was from Bitcoin.com. And he released a tweet. And I just want to stress this. I, I released a little video about this. Uh, but he said that trillions of U.S. dollars will rush home. Inflation will go through the roof. He suggested by gold, silver, and Bitcoin, which he predicts Bitcoin will be $120,000 next year. All right, well, that'll be awesome. And he also spoke about, in this tweet, he said that the BRICS nations announced a back, a gold-backed crypto. Now, that's what I want to stress, crypto. I understand that the idea of Bitcoin is not centrally, is a decentralized form of spending money, supposedly, but... When it comes to having a cashless society, no matter which cryptocurrency you're using, the federal, if the government that you're there, we can use uh, China or Russia or United States, if they don't want something to be seen, they can shut down the internet. They can shut down that. They can also shut down, um, like I said, they shut down the internet. Now you're not going to be able to use 
your Bitcoin or whatever cryptocurrency you're planning on using. I believe with if they do a backed a gold backed crypto, it's going to be strictly for control. Um, I'm a member of many veteran organizations, and I believe that if I was to go down to a veteran organization, that I was, as I was just saying just a second ago, we should get, be given pushback to like cluster bombs going sending three thousand troops to war or over to Europe to train. Wink, wink. Um, if you get pushback from these organizations, then they're going to say, well, that's a terrorist organization, that's a extremist organization, blah, blah, blah. And you will not be able, I would not be able to use my currency there, my cryptocurrency. That's my biggest fear when it comes to a cashless society. And I do understand the idea of gold and silver. Now, I do, I'm not, by no stretch of the imagination, I do highly believe we should be using cryptocurrency uh you know have a diverse thing have a diverse uh portfolio so definitely do that but i think everyone should be sounding the alarm right now about the uh upcoming this this meeting between the BRICS alliance and because it's gonna be bad news and if they go through with this, now it's not going to happen. They're not going to say, all right, we got a new currency. And then they just flip over and it's automatically the currency. We better watch ourselves because if we don't, I mean, we better start prepping ourselves as if they're going to do it. And I think they're going to do it. It's just looking that way. Out of the BRICS um, alliance, the only one that's kind of hesitant towards it is India. They said that they want to build their national currency, the rupee, make it stronger. It's also, they say that they're the only one that does, uh, that the GDP is good and they don't need to depend on anybody else. Now, that being said, they also do trading with the West, such as Europe and the United States, and they don't want to affect getting billions of dollars in weapons and different other merchandise so they're kind of hesitant there what's going to happen i'm afraid we're looking at is a possible we're going to try to force individuals to stay on the dollar if you look at Gaddafi when he was uh taken out by the wonderful barack obama uh nobel peace prize winner of course he uh he was saying, he was, from my understanding, he was wanting to use an African-backed uh, currency to do the trading with, which I understand why. I mean, if you look at the dollar, if you look at the way the United States spends money at like a drunken sailor, we are not prepared for this. So, all right. <clears throat> so, let's, so, that that's it. That That's really it. Be watching about bricks and it's going to be bad news when it happens when it flips what am i going what, what are we going to say so all right next on to the next topic which was uh the summit that tucker carlson had with all the republican candidates minus donald trump but the one you got to see that was very interesting was Mike Pence 
ending his presidential campaign. Now, you can easily listen to it and say, hey, he meant to, he was meaning this or he would mean that. But what happened was it was a soundbite. If you remember uh, Howard Dean, who was leading the field in 2004, he got up on stage after, I believe, winning Iowa, maybe, or New Hampshire, and he yelled into the mic, yeah! And by doing that, that became, and they had silenced the crowd, so they just had the microphone that he was talking in uh, on. And so in turn, it came out sounding really weird. That little gaffe destroyed his campaign run. This little gaffe right here, I believe, destroyed the Mike Pence uh, campaign run. The suicide rate has jumped. Public filth and disorder and crime have exponentially increased. And yet your concern is that the Ukrainians, a country most people can't find on a map, who've received tens of billions of U.S. tax dollars, don't have enough tanks. I think it's a fair question to ask, like, where's the concern for the United States in that? Well, it's not my concern. Tucker, I've heard that routine from you before, but that's not my concern. So there was Mike Pence taking the airplane of his presidential campaign and running it into the side of a mountain. Congratulations, Mike Pence, for a job done as Peterson said on Seinfeld but at this event you had Tucker Carlson interviewing multiple Republican candidates who seeking the nomination from the Republican Party now I have my personal opinion of who I think would be the best out of that group Uh, I would probably say Ramaswamy I see he's gaining in the polls. He speaks well uh, and all that good stuff. That being said, he's still not going to get my vote because as long as the Libertarians put up a good candidate, they've got my vote. So this brings me to the final point. Um, One of the things that Larry Sharp who I think is a terrific candidate, who's a terrific libertarian in the state of New York, he said there should be uh, different checks that need to be done for individuals that are running for seeking the nomination from the libertarians. or And we can use this for any political party. But you have to be a libertarian. That'd be one, or whichever political party. But throw throw them out. I don't care about them. Because they already got what they... they, All right, number two. Do you have a campaign staff? And can you fundraise? How much money have you brought in? You know, there were six things that he had listed. And it makes me wonder... Why the Republicans? Because when you have a Chris Christie, he's never going to get the nomination. Mike Pence, he's never going to get the nomination. Ashton Hutchinson, never going to get the nomination. They're no different than Berman Supreme running on the Libertarian side trying to get the nomination. Because this individual will go out, raise money, And then they 
will uh, just never go nowhere and then just move back into wherever they were living. And now they've got this money in the coffers. That's my question. When a Republican and Democrat run and they know they have zero chance of winning. I know you go out there and you feel like you're going to win. I get that. But let's be honest. You can read the tea leaves. And Mike Pence was never going to go nowhere. Chris Christie was never going to go nowhere. But there's individuals that will give him money. And I don't know why. At least with the Libertarians, I don't give money to any candidate until I know that they're a serious candidate and they're going to be running. The problem that happens is Libertarians will fight Libertarians and then we don't go nowhere because I'm more Libertarian than you. So in turn, I would rather lose the war. I want to lose the battle. I want to lose the fight in the media. I want to lose, 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 keep single-digit numbers, and and then what we'll say, you know, you know, as long as we do that, then we'll then we'll be like, like, why aren't you out helping more? You know, ten years I started in two thousand ten with the Libertarian Party. Back then, I would have put money. At this point, we would already have had a candidate in the House of Representatives. I, I just have this feeling we were. In a spot, people knew the Libertarian. If we would rally behind a good candidate, we could get them elected. But we want. See, people that say that they're a Libertarian, okay, will not vote for the Libertarian. They, I don't even know if they, they might not even vote. But they're like, we're not going to, we're not going to vote for Matt Waters for U.S. Senate. And I know this for a fact because I've heard them talk. And it's like, but. The whole idea is we get them ten percent, we get on we get ballot access. Now we don't have to spend thirty, forty thousand dollars getting a candidate placed on the ballot. Then with that being gone, I can go find better candidates that know that once they get onto that, if they accept the nomination, if they run on our behalf, the first thirty, forty thousand dollars can be straight advertisements. But we don't want to do that. Because, you know, I'm more libertarian than you. Now, right now, we've got this infighting because just like the Republican Party and their infighting and the Democratic Party with their infighting, we've got also infights. So we've got the Mises Caucus and, you know, we're the real libertarians. And then you got the classical liberal caucus, which also has something to do with, I don't know, but... I, I, it seems weird that there's now a classical liberal party out there. So it's almost like, and that's so the so this state party is pretty much sucking resources from the libertarian party, and that group will not succeed. The libertarians aren't succeeding. We've been here for over fifty years, and we can't get above single digit numbers. Tell me how that is, because the, the voters have been beaten into believing voting third party is a wasted vote, even though they'll tell me how bad Congress is, they'll tell me how bad the president is, they'll tell me how bad whatever political party they're in, how bad they are. When I say, why don't you vote this way, they say, no way, no how. So you have a group that dissolved the Virginia Libertarian Party, dissolved several other parties, you know, these other groups around the different states, dissolved, tried to dissolve their party, and 
They're going to start their own party that's really libertarian. And they're not going to go nowhere either. Sorry to let you know. They're not, they were not brave. They were not um, special. They were cowards. They were chickens. Because when the going got tough, they fucking tucked their tail and split. You know? And it's disgusting. And I can tell you right now, the former chair... And the former chair of the 6th District will always have an open invitation to come live to the Roanoke Valley Libertarian meeting and speak to us because I got some questions for them. But what they would rather see is the Roanoke Valley Libertarians and any other affiliates wither up on the vine and die and then pretend that they, I don't know what happened. I guess it's a Mrs. Caucus. No, it's because of you, you jackass. But if you look at the way that the uh, Libertarians do, I know I'm walking down a different path now, but going back, I think Republicans have candidates that they should look at, and even the Democrats, are they able? Are they a real serious candidate? Because if not, why, why are they running? And I would like to see us to have serious candidates, which I think we do have a couple. We've got Chase Oliver, we got Mike Termont, and we've got Lars Mapsed. Right now, I've, I think Jacob Hornsberger is going to be coming out, but I don't know. I haven't really seen much from him. But I got three guys on the docket that possibly could be okay candidates, but we've libertarians have got to start sharing and liking their posts so that way people can see who they are. Last night on Tim Pool, you had the candidate running in North Carolina for governor, Shannon Bray, and he's they asked him about where's the libertarian where, where where's the libertarian presidential candidates and he just said Chase. He didn't say Chase Oliver. He he didn't give anyone's name. And look, I get it. Don't want to endorse anybody. You don't have to endorse anybody. Um, I share everybody's stuff because I'm not going to endorse anybody. I, I know who I like out of the group, okay? But let's be honest. If someone comes along and they're better, then, well, I need to make sure that my time is not wasted. And I don't want their time to be wasted. And I don't want to waste my and it's time is more precious than money. So, kids, I guess we've hit the 30-minute mark. And uh, hopefully we will uh, be a little bit more together on the next go. But uh, please go over to MaximumLibertarian.com. It's where you'll see how you can help us. And, uh, you know, do with the subscribing to the podcast on the different sites. Uh, following us on Twitter and YouTube and Odyssey and all that good stuff. You got the links there. And uh, so until next time, my friends, I am Brian, and I will see you later.